Welcome to Teach Out Loud Podcast, where we highlight all the amazing educators in our state and beyond that are making a difference every day for kids. Teach Out Loud is about bringing your passion and your best self to what you are doing every day. It's trying new things, sharing ideas, and being the best version of you. It's living life to the fullest, growing, and not being afraid to take those risks. Come on this journey with us and Teach Out Loud. I'm Travis Lape. And I'm Lisa Norris. And together we are on a journey to share and highlight amazing things happening in schools today. Welcome back to another episode of Teach Out Loud. And today, Lisa, we have an incredible guest that's full of knowledge. Yes. About behaviors. She's a rock star. I'm super excited to talk to her. I've loved her as a person. And now to hear what she says professionally is going to be amazing. Um, we'd like to welcome Des Parmenter to our show today. Welcome. A little bit of background on her. She went to the University of Sioux Falls. Goku! <coughs> for her education degree. <laughs> but then she went to Augustana for her SVET degree. Uh... Go Vikings. So we have the best of both worlds here today, which we love. She's only been teaching for four years um, at Harrisburg. And she's in the TLC, which is the Tiger Learning Center at Harrisburg. And she's currently working on getting her master's degree in applied behavior analysis. Welcome to our show, Des. Glad you could be here. I'm so grateful to be here as well, Lisa and Travis. Um, I'm very excited to talk about my passion uh, in the area of behavior um, and be able to maybe give some other people some opportunity to have some more tools in their toolbox. Which is great. Our listeners are going to be so appreciative of that. To start, though, we always start our shows with your why. Why did you become an educator? Um, I became an educator because I want to be that educator that impacts at least one child's life, if not all of them. Um, I had a professor over at Augie tell me, like, it only takes one person to, like, care unconditionally about somebody, and I've always lived by that. Like, if I can be that person for a kid, then I've done my job. Right, right. That's exactly right. So so on that lines then, Des, let's talk a little bit about the Tiger Learning Center because it is unique. Um, not every school district maybe has this type of learning environment. In Harrisburg, we kind of pride ourselves on having different learning pathways and different That's opportunities right. for kids. Yeah. So maybe give our listeners an idea of what the Tiger Learning Center is, kind of the why behind it, and then maybe even a little bit of what a structure looks like for, for our learners that are in that yeah. center. So uh, the Tiger Learning Center, I also like to care it as like the tender love and care center as well. Oh, yeah, I because like that. it is like an extra layer of emotional support for learners that come that may need some extra emotional support. And so um, for us, it gives us an opportunity to not only build a relationship to like another layer of the cake, but also sure. like dig a little deeper to figure out the why and what they're doing. Sure. And so I always have the mentality that like, we don't know everything that happened before they got here. And it doesn't, you know, we house students that are both in special ed and not in special ed. So like, sometimes there may not be any necessarily like learning needs that are that technically have a diagnosis per se, I would say that like they come to us with needing that extra emotional support so then we can find ways to support them in their education. And so I always, you know, say that like they need both of those equally in order to be successful. So like we can't just say like they need, we get, we need to get a hold of behavior first before we have academics. Sure. Like that used to be like the thinking of things and then research starts coming out and we start thinking like actually we can do the, <laughs> yes and we can do those things together and like our kids that come here or they're you know housed within our building like it just takes a whole team for them to be successful. So they may have had difficulty at different schools but then they come here and their environment's a little bit more structured. 
And then not only that, but they're receiving more social skills to like understand I feel this emotion and like, let's talk about why I feel that way and Mm -hmm. dig a little deeper. And sometimes they'll say, I feel uncomfortable. And I said, that's normal. You want to feel uncomfortable during social skills because there are things there that are tough for them to talk through. Right. And so when I tell parents, I said, this isn't really like, oh, you guys are down on your own peninsula down in a school. Like, no, our students integrate into the classroom. Our goal is to get get them in the rooms and if they need extra behavioral support then we provide them with it right and so and that might be like a a certain teacher going in to support them during this time because they need they have a better relationship with that teacher so we look at every kid and go how can we individualize even if they're not on an IEP just because every kid is different and so we have we house kids from JK all the way through fifth grade. Okay. And so currently right now we we have students of all grade levels except for one. And so being able to take time to say, how do we take all this curriculum and figure out how we can still give all of them science in a group yeah. setting rather than saying, let's have individual science. Because that. science is supposed to be hands-on. We're supposed sure. to have, you know, different activities so they can like learn through other ways than just working out of a workbook or a worksheet. Um, And sometimes we make those as like reward things for them. Like, hey, we're going to work on this. We're going to do like, for example, I'm working on Oreo writing with one of our kids. And she's like, oh, I really want Oreos. Can you bring in Oreos? And we're like, no, that, you know, we're talking about opinions. And then after we have the next project, we're going to pull out the Oreos. We can talk through how we're going to apply Oreos to writing. Sure. And so I just go back like with any students, it's engagement. Oh, in of our, course. In our, yeah, and our students, they need another level of engagement. So mm-hmm. if I've got, you know, Johnny Joe not sitting in his chair, well, I'm not going to tell Johnny Joe to sit still because right. he, he has a hard time sitting still. Would you rather stand? Do you need to jump? So right. I always try to figure out when I'm teaching, like, what I need to do for them to be able to say, hey, Miss P, like, I need to take a break or can I jump and come back? And we always have access to a trampoline in my room. So it's like, hey, give me 10 jumps and come back. Okay. And so just getting them to communicate those needs is huge. I say self-advocacy is what I'm hearing. Well, yeah, and self-regulation. And I just told them, I said, you know, Miss P, if I'm in if I'm in the blue zone, because we're working through zones of regulation, so understanding, like, if Miss P's in the blue zone, I might be sad or tired, but, like, I can still come to school and have a successful day. Right. And we can change our day just with different things. So I don't know. I feel like TLC is like really just a close and dear place to my heart. And that's because my goal every day is to like come in and give every kid 110% of me. So then I can get at least some percentage out of them of who they are. And then our staff have to do the same thing. So we all have to come to school being all their cheerleaders and not just one cheerleader in their corner. Sure. So So this sounds great in the Tiger Learning Center. Yes. But are there things you're doing with your kids every day mm-hmm. that a classroom teacher that maybe is listening to the podcast can say, okay, it's great that you have this environment for kids that maybe need that extra support, but our school district doesn't have that, mm-hmm. and those kids are in my room. Mm-hmm. How do I help them and do the academics and kind of that social learning yes. in my room when... I don't have another 10 minutes of free time, Des. Yes, or you have 25 kids. <laughs> or you don't have a trampoline kids, in your room, Or you right? don't have a trampoline right. or like student-to-staff ratio is short. Yes, that's a great question. So what I try to do, one of the things that I always go back to is like through um, Totem PD, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. One of the things that we talk about is that extra two minutes that you give kids, and it's really critical to say, okay, maybe – 
Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm going to schedule these kids for two minutes and I'm going to have extra things about them. And I have like a journal to say, oh, this kid, he really likes Beyblades and he loves, you know, we know the new Star Wars movies coming out. So those are touching points. And as soon as you act on their interests, they know that you care about more than just teaching them what you need to teach them. And that's what I always go back to. Like the foundation of anything in education is relationships. It's our favorite word. Relationships. Every time we have a podcast, we bring up relationships. (laughs) I love it. Well, and with, without it, you don't, you can't. You can't. No, no, and that's the first buy-in for anything that you do with any any students. And, like, in those larger settings, I think it's, you know, people have lunch bunches and those type of things, but sometimes you're not going to get the the different layers of the cake of that kid. Yeah. And the only way that you do that is you as a teacher start having, like, a journal and you're mm-hmm. jotting little things down, like, so-and-so likes these things. And then how do you continue to engage all their interests at once? And you know, like, hey, I'm going to do this lesson on sports, but how am I going to get all those kids that love Minecraft in here? Yeah. Right. And so, like, knowing how to take all of your interests and, like, developing lessons that are going to hit on the things that they're passionate about and you as a teacher that's passionate about. Yeah, you keep saying so, layers. I'll just keep coming to my head is Shrek. Shrek, like we're, we're like an onion. It's yes. layers. You got to peel yeah. back the layers. Oh yeah, and, find and out I what's always talk about the there. cake. Like they're yeah. all a layered cake, and by the time you get to the top, sometimes the cake explodes before <laughs> right. we build the next layer. <laughs> right. And sometimes it's like, okay, I got to sit back. If that kid only screams every day and only slips over the chair during math time, there's got to be something else that builds up to that. Mm-hmm. So trying to figure out like what that antecedent is, or what we know as like a trigger for that student that causes them every day to say or put their head down every day, even at the Mm -hmm. high school level. Like there's a reason for all of us doing what we're doing. And if you have that mentality of like, oh, it's not that they don't like me or or this and this and this, like there's something that led up to them to do what they did. Right. But in order for you to figure that out, you have to continue to dig and dig into the cake to figure out the kid. So kicking a kid out of class every day just because they're doing that is probably not the best option. Yes, especially because if if, if it's an attention-seeking behavior, then if they get removed from the class or it's avoidance or they're Mm -hmm. trying to escape, going to the office or, you know, we have our green breaks and our red breaks here um, within our district and utilizing those to be able to make them make sense. And so Mm -hmm. if we're only sending kids on what they know as a red break, then if they go down and they see just the principal and they see one other person, that's one-on-one attention. Right, exactly. And they get that attention. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So every single time math comes up, I'm ripping that paper and I'm throwing this, hoping someone comes down to walk me down there. And so I think for, for us down in our program, we use what we call behavior momentum and compliance training. So immediately if someone starts throwing things right here, I'm like, stand up, sit down. Thank you for standing up. Thank you for sitting down. And I do that with all learners, all ages, and it's regaining compliance. Like touch your nose and then they don't touch the nose. So I grab their hand and I touch the nose for them. But I'm praising them after every single thing that they do. And so especially when you're trying to regain them into compliance and it's just something I'm trying to teach staff down in um, our area right now to do that would be helpful for everyone to learn sure because you could do that the whole class if you start seeing other kids become non-compliant like okay everybody we're taking a brain break touch your nose touch your ears right <laughs> and, you, and you would be surprised like how easy it is to regain compliance because you have to know what's feeding into a behavior right right and when you're going back to the relationship piece Travis there's an activity you did where you said for all teachers sit down and write a list of all the kids in your class without looking at the list of your class and then the kids that you left off or you forget about 
are the ones you should be focusing on because mm-hmm. you're obviously not hitting them. But when you were saying, you know, spending that two minutes per kid each week, making that intentional, deliberate time with them yes. is going to be so impactful. Yeah, and sure. if you have a class that you feel like you need to spend that two minutes each day, then you find a way to build it in. Sure. Whether it's when like it's a priority, when it's do it. yeah, mm-hmm. it is, and then it's like okay, after my math group, then I know I need to talk to so and so, and I'm going to have two minutes, and they can tell me anything that they want, and setting those expectations, and you can have a name for them, like meeting of the minds, like right, you right. know, something <laughs> where it's like beneficial to the students. For us, it's just called meet with staff time, and we find an activity, and ours is a little bit longer, but it gives us time to figure out what happened before. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other tool that I was going to mention that I really enjoy that I've used in the past is called um, video journaling. So I had one of our EAs come to me and say, hey, have you thought about this? Because, you know, we have kids journal about their night and then some kids writing is difficult. We want this to be a time for them to express things. So they get on their iPad, they go to a place no one can see them and they just say everything that happened before they came. And it's a private thing. And they're like, who watches this? I said, only I'm only going to watch it. And so when I when I did that thing, you would figure out so many things that happened. Absolutely. This sure. happened over the weekend, and I had this happen, especially for the learners that need to be able to communicate verbally, where, like, it's harder for them to, you know, whether articulate words when someone's with them or being able to use expressive language of any sort. So we used that a lot last year, and I found out a lot of things I didn't know before. Right. But then it gives me talking points, like, they need more attention mm-hmm. in these areas. So I just thought that's an easy tool for anybody to right. use. Yeah, those are great tools. Okay, yeah. I just say, I'm like just so blown away, first of all, because she sounds so smart and professional. I'm like going, wow! I didn't know you knew all this stuff, Des. I'm impressed. But um, moving into this, the totem then. Yeah. This goes along another thing that you're very passionate about. Um, yeah. For our listeners, do you want to explain like what, what this program is and what it's doing? And Yeah, so Totem PD is an online PD. So basically, it's ready to use resources at your hands. That's what I tell people. Okay. And it is a way to meet everybody's needs in education. There are things on there for the bus drivers, how to manage behavior on the bus. <laughs> there awesome. and there are things for, you know, parents. Like there's a there's a whole new parent one on there that we talk about like building resilience in kids, but also like how do I manage my child's behavior at home? How do I manage technology? There and it's called GPS. It's um, good parenting strategies. Okay. And then um, we have a parapro one, and that doesn't have to be for special education parapros. It could be for anybody that's an assistant to anybody to I understand like the and it talks about the different things. Like it's okay to make mistakes. Like as a, anybody in education is, and then talks about how to give positive praise to people. And like, there are things that us as teachers, sometimes we take for granted because we're like, yeah. everybody needs to be positive, 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 positive. And then we forget like, oh, I gave three redirections before <laughs> I even said anything right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it just is like kind of a breath of fresh air for people. And like, for me, I try to have my staff like watch a video and then let's have a conversation about it because how do we say, how does this apply? to the classroom. Mm-hmm. How does this sure. apply to me? How do how can I use this? And then there's even um, social skills. It's called Chillax. Social skills I love through Chillax. comics. So oh. it is comic books, superheroes and villains. And then oh. those are the superheroes are essentially like our positive behaviors, what we call our replacement behaviors. And our villains are our, like, there's like a girl and her name is Tantrum something, but she's like the Tantrum villain. Oh. So then you walk through all these different comic books and it teaches students to be aware of those things using comics and i mean that's a great way to engage elementary yeah (laughs) 
Travis is like, what? That's, yeah, that's no, awesome. and that's what I really like too, because my students like that they drive off that. Like right. it's engaging. Like, oh, Miss P, what's in there? And that's I get really excited. They're like, what do you got in that social skills drawer? They got all those books I saw you making. I was like, they're not done yet. We gotta, I gotta make a bunch more. And so that's a tool. And then we've got happy class, which I think is our behavior management 101 for anyone that's just trying to understand what behavior management is in general. So it's not clip charts and dojo points and doing those sort of things? <laughs> no, no. Amen. Not. Yes. We got the right person on the show. We have yes, the right person on the yes, show. Yes, yes. And, and every kid needs something different. And I think it just goes back to like, what is research-based to drive what I'm doing? And I yeah. always go back to that because like, it doesn't make sense to like do things that aren't research based because had they haven't been tried, you it's know, like an opinion, it, basically. Yes, then. it's yeah. an opinion. But we've and done so, it. We've done that for how many years? Yeah. Forever. Yes. Like we've we've had yes. kids clip up and clip down forever. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that and that becomes difficult, you know. And every kid needs a different system. And I just go back to like kids need positive reinforcement. But how do you figure out what they like? Well, you got to do a reinforcement assessment. Do it with every kid. Send mm-hmm. it home. So right. and so like stickers, they're motivated by this. And right. like, I think if you don't know what reinforces the kids in your classroom, or even for me, like I do a staff reinforcement assessment. I have them rank what's important. Would you rather have a staff pizza party if we do X, Y, Z? But it's just important because staff, we as adults need to be reinforced too. Sure, sure. So, and oh, there's tools and like- You think? I mean, we yeah. everybody needs high five or a yes. back. Or well, and that's just like some of the tools like that that they'll provide through Totem is like talking about those things. And this thing that I talk to them about is I think is like this idea that you're pledging for optimism on a team. Right. Mm-hmm. And like knowing like I'm pledging to be optimistic on this kid's team. Well, on this kid's team is seven other people. We and can't they all just need to be in. Yeah. Yes. And so that's what I just go back to, like making sure that even if it's a student that, you know, is having difficulty or not having difficulty, making sure that we really find ways to engage everybody. So how do we find this? Because I truly had not heard of this until you brought this to me and said, hey, Lisa, this is what we're doing. Follow her on Twitter. I am not a follower of her on Twitter I yet. Know. I know. Yes. Lisa's Facebook. I got Twitter. But yes. Yes. I'm old school. Yeah, no, I'm new school. A, I'm just... <laughs> but no, how do they find it? Just anywhere? So um, you can go to totempd.com for okay. people that are like not within our district. Within our district too, like we, everybody should have an account. And if they don't have an account, they can always reach out to me. Um, and then we had everybody at the beginning of the year added. Um, and then there's even, we have a bio sheet of like what these programs even are, but just going onto the website, there are intros to each thing to figure out, Hey, we're doing this. And everything that they talk about is realistic. Like, and it's funny. Some of the things he says are so funny. (laughs) And so when I talked to him, he's like, Oh, Des, we're going to geek out about behavior tools right now. You ready? (laughs) Yes. And like, that's engaging to me. Some of the people might not think it's engaging, but he treats me like I am someone that's trying to learn too. Like, it's not like, oh, I have, I have my doctorate and I'm, you know, it's more like, hey, Des, like, what are the things that you can help bring to Totem and help bring to other people? Like all he, all Totem is, is like getting out to everybody. The goal is see how many people we can get it out there to say, here are some really positive tools. So they're taking ABA, applied behavior analysis, like why we're, why behavior's happening. And then we're looking at positive psychology and how to merge those two. 
And this when you're saying he, you're talking about Dr. Ben Springer. Is yeah, this Dr. Yep, and Dr. Ben Lab too. And so ben they're Bella, yep, Bella, yep. yeah, those are the two that are um, the two founders. Okay. And then um, in his book, Happy Kids Don't Punch You in the Face, is literally like the foundation of totem i love that name happy kids don't punch you in the face yes and like for me i was like this is so engaging what is this book about and immediately as it came out i bought it and read the whole thing and i was like who is this guy so that's how all of those things started so i just i know i for our listeners i'm thinking this is so much great information and a great tool to go use and it doesn't matter what you're teaching or even if you're a teacher yeah you can go and you you can work at a yeah you can work at a daycare you could work with kids you can work with adults you can it's like how do we figure out why people are doing what they're doing and then figure out how i'm gonna be whether i'm a leader i'm trying to establish culture i'm trying to establish how to run a functional classroom company like it's a resource that is used in essentially any environment working with people and the the world's changing like we know i mean lisa you've been in education longer than des and i long time but yeah but 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 we hear it right now in the world of the kids are coming to us different they are and so how are we going to react to that difference Mm -hmm. because we are maybe seeing more behaviors or more triggers happening in classrooms because of maybe environments at home or the technology environment that our kids are growing up in. And so I think this is on the cutting edge of what really we really need to focus on in education because Mm -hmm. how do we change that conversation? The behavior, I mean, and Des, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Behavior isn't the defining thing of a child. No. The behavior, they're trying to tell us something through the behavior. Mm-hmm. I right. just find behavior is like out. communication. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, I threw the chair or I did, it doesn't even have to Something's be those upsetting things. Them. Yeah. Something yes. And I think like, it's like you were just saying with the like environment and all these different things, there are more things that are being more presented in classrooms. And I think it just goes back to that mental health piece. Yes. To be honest, like I think that we have to put a focus on how do I accept no from people? How do I greet somebody in public? How do I? And those are like social skills that we think that every single parent in the world is providing their child. And they're not. And some of these things, I'm like, gosh, I didn't learn this till I was in my 20s. Right. You know, and like, and it's true. Or like, I'll have staff that are like, you know what? TLC has brought me to understand my emotions as a human. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize that. But it's just one of the things you go back to, like you need your mental health to do anything. And sometimes we focus so much on all the curriculum and we forget like they, they're so hungry. Like they, they're still thinking about their food or they're tired. they're worried about their mom or their sister. Yeah. And so like, how do we get kids to understand, to tell people I am sad, I am worried. Mm -hmm. So then they can get supported before we're like, Hey, you need to do all your math today or your reading or expect them to do all these things when those basic Needs are just not being right. Good. And when you say health, can I segue or you jump something else around? No, all yours. Okay, I'm gonna segue then. Going into health. Um, as long as we have you here, Des, we're gonna talk about you're also the head soccer coach for the high school and you work with Special Olympics. Yeah. And so you have lots of different hats that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And I think for our listeners out there, I think a lot of teachers or anyone um, sometimes maybe gets overwhelmed or too involved. And so how do you find that balance between you know trying to do everything well mm-hmm. and not just doing it just to be doing it. Yes. I think it really comes down to like prioritizing things. And, um, I watched a video. I don't care to remember who the author was, but it was just like, don't make a to-do list. And I was like, that's what everybody relies on. Okay. So then it was like, what are your, your MOs? What are your most important things? 
You know, like how are we going to make importance on those? Like you have an email in your inbox and that person, that's their MO to, for you to reply, but it's not your MO because you have X, Y, Z to get done before 12 o'clock. Yes. And right. so that's where I was like, okay, that makes sense. But like to be able to play all the hats and go, here's the classroom, yes. teach here, leave everything there move on to your next thing and do that is really hard for me to say I do that every single day because it doesn't happen. So it one of those things that I um, I went to uh, one of our last PD conference in service things. I went to the Sanford one about managed balancing stress. And one of the things that was brought up was that um, the gentleman that was presenting, Mr. Hamilton, he said that every single time he's done working with a client, he goes to the bathroom, washes his hands, and he walks away, and he says, no longer talking about that client for the day. I'm done, even if it was a hard thing. But I was like, huh, that would be really great for educators. It's a break. You get done with a meeting. You walk in. You wash your hands. No longer talking about that meeting. Moving on. And I was like, huh, you get a break. You get time by yourself. You get to wash your hands. It's like a, a thing. I get right. to wash my hands. It's done. And so it's hard. Hmm. It's definitely a hard thing. Um, and I try to know that every person I'm with deserves my attention in every area. And so I try to say when it's soccer season, the classroom's done, I go to soccer and I invest what I'm doing there. Then I leave home, then I leave and then I transition into going home and try to leave all the other stuff there, which is hard for any educator to do. Right. And it's training yourself. It's knowing, yep, my time here, here are done. Are we ever going to be finished? Nope. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be finished. But it's okay because tomorrow you'll come back and do it again. Right. And so I always have the mentality that, like, you're not going to make everybody happy. You're going to mess up somewhere, but it's okay. <laughs> and just know that you're always trying. And, like, knowing that you yourself can look in the mirror and say, I put in 110% today, and that's what I had for today. Right. And if I can't look myself in the mirror and say that, then I didn't do my job. Right. And so – and that's something I just go back to for even coaching, like – we're controlling our attitude and our effort. As an educator, I control my attitude and my effort. So I look in the mirror. If my attitude's bad, that's on me. If my effort's bad, that's on me. Right. So I'm just a big, like, self-reflection person. So, like, if I'm doing something wrong and someone tells me, I always go back. Like, I tell our principal, like, I see her feedback as this is a way to make me better. This yeah. is a way to make me better. Yep. Yep. And if you can look at things that way, that way, when people in your respected areas are giving you all that, then it's easier for you to find balance. Because mm -hmm. you're not always going to do everything well, but when you're in that moment with what you're doing, you just try your best to do well. Mm -hmm. And and that's how you have to, even, I go just go back, that's how I view any parents that I work with. They are doing what they can do yeah. with whatever circumstances they have, and we have no control of their environment. Right. And I always tell people, that I said, we don't know everything that's happening. They're, mm -hmm. they, they're, they're doing the best that they can for right now. So right. I just try to say that for myself too. I'm doing the best that I can right now. It may not be a, my 100% best that I've done in the past, but this is what I have right now to get. Right. So very insightful. Oh, this has been awesome. This has been a great podcast. Yeah. I mean, this is where Travis and I are going to be like, wow, that was awesome. That was great. This will be a show that will be listened to over and over in my brain just because of all the little fun facts, and even just little tools that you've given people. So yeah. I hope our listeners will flag this one as one to come back to when they're struggling in a in a situation or in a time in their career that they're just like, you know what, I know that they're in, in this show there was some things Des said that really resonated. And so um, that that's our hope is that this will, yeah. will encourage them. So. But before we let Des go, she has to give us her shout out. 
And Des, a shout out, you know, is something, if you could tell our listeners one thing, what would be that shout out to them that you'd want to tell them? Oh, I got a shout out. Okay. I got I to do a quote. I got to do a quote. So, uh, of course. Um, Dr. Green is actually coming to town here in really? uh, June. And he always says kids do well if they can. And I have always been a firm believer in that. Um, going back to if they have the right resources and they're given the right avenues and the right opportunities and they have the right people, then they're going to do well. They don't, kids don't come to school to just throw chairs to throw them. Right. So I, I always go back to that because they, kids will do well if we give them the, the opportunity to do well. And so I think that if everybody has the mentality that like behavior has a function and if I can help figure out the why and why kids are doing what they're doing, then I can find a way to know in my brain that they can. They can do well. I love so, that. I just go back to that because he is an author that is a psychologist. He's coming to Sioux Falls um, in June. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I got to see this guy. Right. So right. I, I'm like, I'm such a geek about those okay, things. Okay, can I just say she has no passion about behaviors, no, right, Travis? None. Nothing. Nothing is showing here. Zero. It's oozing, <laughs> oozing all out. Well, thank you again, Des, for being here. Travis, I really appreciate it. And until next time. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Be part of the community. Be part of the solution. And until then, teach, teach out loud. loud.